What's up, guys? It's me, JK. Welcome to Just Kidding with JK. Uh, it's been a while. It has been a while, but um, things have been busy, but things have been well. I hope things have been well with you, listener, whoever's listening. I hope uh, through this year, though it has been kind of challenging, I hope that it's been um, also rewarding in, in, in enough ways. Today, we are going to talk about traveling in these new times. Traveling in 2020, what is the difference? Um, I can tell you from personal experience that uh, driving is not much different, right? You're just in your car, you're on the road, you're going where you're going. At this point, there's there's a decent amount of traffic back on the road again. Um, obviously, you know, back in March, April, May, summer months, early summer months, June, July, um, there wasn't school. And so there were a lot fewer cars. There were a lot fewer cars on the road. And that was kind of nice. Honestly, uh, we live in between like five schools and, and, for about two miles, it's just nothing but school zones. So to have no school zones, no soccer moms in their vans, dropping the kids off, rushing to Starbucks, uh, <laughs> you know, no school buses, traffic has been great. Since we are essential, we have had to go to work every single day per usual. Um, but now school started back. Some schools are, are going back virtually. Some uh, are having the kids come in to the classroom. So traffic is a little bit closer to normal, not 100% normal. So driving in a car anywhere is not much different. Um, flying, airports, very different. Very different. I think it's interesting, and this is something that I, I, I always forget this whenever I need to go into a, a store or a business or something, I always take my mask off when I'm driving in the car and then I usually get out and walk up to the door of the business before I realize I don't have a mask and I have to go back and get it. Um, as normal as it is, it's still not normalized in my mind to wear a mask. You know, like at work, we take temperatures every day. We have to wear the mask all day unless we're eating or drinking or having trouble breathing. And we get a new mask every day. And we've been doing that since March. And there are still days where I'm, I walk around, I leave, I take my mask off for some reason and I don't put it back on and I don't remember it. Like I just don't remember. Um, so it's not normalized in my mind. One thing that will ruin a trip for you is if you were going through an airport and you don't have a mask on, you will get, you will get yelled at and looks by everybody. Uh, happy to say that did not happen to me. <laughs> But I did see a couple people, uh, and I was one of those people shooting glares at somebody who had a mask off, who wasn't eating or drinking or have a tr having trouble breathing. So uh, fair warning. So traveling in 2020, honestly, if you're flying, I mean, before we went on this trip, I would have liked, I think my stance was more of, you know, you should only fly if it's absolutely necessary, right? Um, and that's, you know, kind of true, except what's absolutely necessary to me 
is not going to be absolutely necessary to my neighbor. What's absolutely necessary to a parent of an infant is not necessary to a 93-year-old grandmother who lives in a nursing home, you know? So um, obviously a lot of flights are still canceled. We went through Dallas. Uh, we flew to Nashville. Obviously we had layovers in Dallas, both coming and going. And I think Dallas is operating at like 40% capacity. So six out of 10 flights, six out of 10 people that would be flying, six out of 10 planes that would normally be in the air are not. Um, which is good because that allows for plenty of social distancing that allows for, um, you know, reasonable time to get through security and, and move around the airport. Um, but you know, with that, there's still the issue of being on the plane. So not really the issue, but the, the risk of being on the plane. So at the end of August, we went to Nashville. Uh, we flew to Nashville for my dad's semi-retirement party, which for us is important. It, that's a reason for us to go. Um, obviously, if it was within driving distance, that would have allowed us to leave on Friday after work, get there in time to help set up, organize, enjoy the party, and then have plenty of time to rest, enjoy the family, and drive back home in time to get ready for work on Monday, we would have driven. However, as a 16-hour drive one way. So we're not driving because that's literally half of the whole trip. And we don't drive for, nobody drives for 16 hours at a time. The most I can drive is about five and a half, six hours at a time. The most the car can handle is about five hours at a time before we have to stop and get gas. So honestly, a hard 32 hours, if you don't stop at all, considering all the stops, it's about a 40 hour drive. So 40 hours um, for about 56 hours worth of, of total weekend time, not, not happening, not happening. So we wanted to be there. We, we felt like we needed to be there. So we flew, um, of course, new things that, that pretty much everybody is doing every company, every, every business, every, everybody is doing, um, you have to have a mask on when you're inside the airport everywhere, unless you were eating, drinking, or having trouble breathing, your mask stays on. You can't have a vented mask. So I know, I don't know exactly what kind they are. I know like the N95s, some of them have um, like a vent filter or something like that. I don't know. It's like a vent thing where there's like an extra filter. Something. You can't wear a mask with a vent. It has to be completely enclosed. Um, and if you don't have one, the staff at the airport will ask you to change it. And they will not let you on the plane if you have a vented mask. Um, you have to keep your mask on, on the plane at all times. Um, so basically, once you step foot out of your car and into the airport, your mask is on until you get into whatever closed space you're going to be in by yourself or with whoever you're traveling with. Um, so that wasn't really that uncomfortable just because we're used to wearing masks all day at work. Um, the only thing was I wasn't prepared. I knew that there wasn't going to be any food or beverage service. So, um, after takeoff, once the captain has turned off the seatbelt light, uh, you can move around, you can go to the bathroom, but there are no drinks. 
There are no snacks. Um, the flight attendants will only, for the most part, they pretty much only like walk by to get trash. And if somebody rang the bell, there wasn't just like constant walking back and forth. Hey, is everybody okay? How can I help you? None of that. They stayed in their seats for 90% of the flight. Um, I know on some flights, depending on the location, depending on obviously the day, uh, time of day, day of the week, um, you know, what's happening, if it's a holiday or something like that, uh, some flights have the capacity or, or lack thereof really to spread people out so that, you know, there's not three people in one row. Maybe the middle seat is empty or um, people can sit every other row or something like that um, on one of our flights. The very first flight, uh, it was not a full flight, but we couldn't move seats. And the airline didn't suggest that people move seats. Now, the young lady that I was sitting next to, of course, I'm in the middle. Hubby's on the left by the window and the young lady in the aisle over here on the right. Um, you know, she looked fine. She didn't seem sick. She looked normal. You know, like most of us do, we look normal. Um, and I just, I looked back and I thought, I mean, just for the sake of comfort alone, there are seven rows behind me that are completely empty. Why don't we spread out? I didn't actually ask. Nobody said anything. So that's just how it was. So we were, everybody was just kind of mostly bunched up in, in, you know, full rows of three while there were seven empty rows behind us. I don't know. In my mind, that just kind of doesn't make sense. I mean, one for the weight distribution, maybe they had some cargo underneath that we didn't know about that was helping with the weight distribution or it needed to be like that. I don't know. Maybe there was something, um, some weather we were going into, or I don't know, maybe something with the aircraft. I have no idea. It could have been anything. Maybe there was a reason. Maybe there wasn't. Maybe they just didn't think about it. They didn't ask about it. That was a short flight. So we were just going from San Antonio to Dallas. So maybe they didn't care. It wasn't a super big deal. It would have been different if she was coughing or sneezing, right? Um, but she wasn't. So it was fine. Uh, the next flight from Dallas to Nashville. One flight got canceled. And so since that flight got canceled, everybody who was going to be on that flight was split up into two groups, the group that was on our plane and the group that was on another plane. Because that flight got canceled, domino effect, that made it so that the plane that was going to come to us originally is no longer the plane coming. So instead of this newer plane, newer, bigger plane that would have better accommodated these extra people that are going to be on our flight, we were sent an older, smaller plane that didn't accommodate everybody that was on our flight. As soon as they canceled that other flight, we got notifications on our phones for rescheduling, picking a different flight time and earning a voucher. Um, the wait list went from like three to 12 names. Um, so I, in my mind, I'm thinking, and, we're, and as we're sitting at the gate waiting to board, we're watching people walk up and we're seeing people scrambling from other, you know, planes that have just got there because we're starting to board soon. Um, they're scrambling, trying to figure out, you know, their flight just changed last minute. Now that plane is not even going to be here. So where did they go? Um, and as we're waiting, people keep coming and we start realizing this is a full flight. 
this is going to be a full flight. And it was very full. Um, the flight to Dallas, most people on the wait list didn't get to go. There were people who had regular, who, who weren't on standby, who had uh, tickets, who had to, who were forced to get on another plane because they, they were, they showed up too late for boarding and the, the plane was overbooked because it wasn't supposed to be that many people. Um, and that trip, we were in the very back of the plane. Now, I don't know if the air conditioning has something to do with the spread of bacteria and viruses or whatever, but the air was off on the first flight, the third flight, and the fourth flight. On the second flight, though, this flight from Dallas to Nashville, the air was on. It was on, it was on blast. And I was fine. I felt good because I had on sweatpants and socks and you know, a long sleeve shirt. Ow. A long sleeve shirt. I just smacked my hand on the desk. Ignore that. Um, so I felt fine. And of course, hubby was fine. Well, the guy next to us had on a t-shirt and shorts and he was cold and he didn't speak a whole lot of English. And because of the weather, because that was the same time as what hurricane? I want to say it starts with an H, but I don't remember. Whatever hurricane that was at the end of August, the tail end of the rain from that hurricane, we were going into. Like we were following the tail end of the rain from that hurricane um, going towards the East Coast. So we experienced a little bit of turbulence, quite a bit of wind. Um, so the captain didn't turn off the seatbelt light for a long time. And the guy next to me kept ringing the bell and kept asking, can I get my jacket? Cause I'm cold. My jacket is up in the front, in the very front of the plane, in the closet where, you know, people can hang like personal items or whatever. He's like, my jacket's up there. And I'm just like, bro, like, no, first of all, it's late. Of course, we boarded that plane late because we did still have to wait on a couple other planes to land um, for everybody who they thought was going to fit on that plane to actually be at the gate. So that plane left late. So it's nighttime. It's dark. We're tired. You know, it's, it's time to go to sleep. Take a nap. We'll be in Nashville in a couple hours. No big deal. The guy was shivering. He was like loudly tapping his foot. To, to warm up, which obviously is not going to warm him up. He was sneezing. He was coughing. And I'm just like, I can't, I don't, I don't want to go anymore. I'm in the middle of the air, halfway across the country, halfway to Nashville. I don't want to go anymore. Um, so that's, you know, if you can avoid, I would definitely say if you have to fly, if you can avoid layovers, avoid layovers for sure. Being in another airport, um, jumping multiple planes, I mean, yes, they clean the planes in between each leg of any flight, but they don't have time to sanitize. And there's not enough time for every single strain of any virus or bacteria to be gone. Not all of them. There's not enough time. There's just not. I don't care what they say in their newsletters. I don't care what you say in your emails, American Airlines. I don't care what you send me in the mail. There's just not. 
That's not how science works. There's not enough time between when these people got off the plane and when you told me I can get on the plane where you killed all the bacteria and the viruses that could be in this plane. So it's definitely a risk. Uh, don't go if you don't have to, for sure. Don't go if you don't have to. That's important. Um, the other thing that was different, because most airports are only operating at 50% or less capacity, everything was closed. So it's Friday, right? Um, I was already off work. So, you know, I had, I was, I was just getting things ready around the house, taking care of the dog, cleaning up, making sure we had last minute, you know, double checking the bags, making sure everything was packed and everything. But by the time we got to Dallas, it was dinner time. And I had had a later lunch because I knew I didn't want to be hungry. I knew we weren't going to be able to eat on the plane. So I had a later lunch so that I would not be hungry until we got to Dallas. Well, we get to Dallas and literally everything's closed. Um, you know, all all this, most all the sit down restaurants, um, most all the fast food places are closed. Some of them are open on like real short hours, like really short schedules. Some of them aren't open at all. Temporary closed until further notice. And that's just the food places. Every shop that's not the 7-Eleven or like the newsstand, every other shop is closed. There are no souvenirs. There are no, you can't get perfume. You can't get, you know, you, the, the luggage place is closed. All these other places, everything is closed. Um, so that was, that was kind of weird to see because, you know, in Dallas, even, you know, even in, at Christmas when it's snowing for the first time in 30 years, it's still packed. There's still a thousand million people there and everything is open and, and everything is so loud and so busy. And it was just really quiet and really empty compared to how it was. Now, granted, there were still quite a lot of people there. Obviously, there's still the staff that's there, but um, it was it was quiet. A lot more quiet than usual and a lot a lot fewer places to choose to eat from. So I didn't eat. I did not want McDonald's. So I waited. Hubby ate McDonald's. He was happy. I waited until we got home, uh, got to Nashville, got to my parents' house, and I ate there. Um, the flights back, again, there was a flight that got canceled, so um, Nashville to Dallas was completely packed. Dallas to San Antonio, I don't think it was very full. Um, actually, yeah, no, I think it was full. I mean, if there were any empty seats, it might have been like one row. It might have been three seats worth of, of you know, un, unbought tickets. But other than that, it was it was pretty packed. Um, again, most people look normal. There, the only person that I ever had an issue with in all the airports on all the planes was that one guy from Dallas to Nashville that Friday night. He was the only one. I'm just like, if if this guy, we we have to get away from him. We have to. Um, so another thing that's, that's different now, if you're flying, um, some of the restrooms are closed because obviously like with any business, if we're only operating at 50% or less, we can't afford to bring in a hundred percent of our staff. We don't have enough to do for a hundred percent of the staff to be here, which means the staff that is here shouldn't have to clean a hundred percent of the facilities if we're not using them, or if a hundred percent of the facilities are open, you know, maybe two people 
use one restroom on the far end because that airline isn't sending out but one flight a day. There's no reason to have that entire bathroom open. So there are fewer restrooms that are open. Um, as far as I could tell, I didn't really see the cleaning staff going around more often, but I did notice that the chemicals that they were cleaning with, the solution, I won't say it's a straight chemical because it didn't smell like a, a hard chemical, but um, the solutions that they were cleaning with seemed stronger. They seemed more noticeable. Um, usually before this year, anytime traveling in, in an airport, the restroom cleaning scent was always like lemon or lavender or rose, <laughs> something really nice and feminine, obviously, because I don't go in the men's restroom. So I don't know what you guys smell. Uh, hopefully it's nice. But um, in the women's restroom, we have roses and, and lemons uh, and lavender. So um, that was that was what I was used to. It didn't smell bad, but it didn't smell super sweet. It smelled like cleaning. It smelled like, um, you know, we're killing bacteria here. We're not we're not playing around. We're here. We're here to get, get it going. So um, that was cool. That was reassuring. Uh, you know, again, everybody looks normal. Everybody's wearing a mask. Nothing. You know, there's nobody just walking around with snot coming out their nose and shaking or whatever. Every, everything was normal. I, th I think for the most part, people who are flying realize that they're taking a risk um, and are willing to adhere to all the regulations. There's always a few. There's always a few people who are just, I don't understand why I have to wear a mask or... I don't understand why we have to start boarding so early or so late. Why well, we got to wait on them to clean this, do that, blah, blah, blah. Those people are not the kind of people who should fly. If you think that the staff should do anything different than what they're doing to protect them and us while we fly, then you are one of those people that should not be flying. Fight me. <laughs> I, I, I said it, I mean it, and I'm not taking it back. Honestly, again, if you don't have to fly, don't fly. If you don't have to take a risk, if it's not important, if it's not urgent, you don't, don't take the risk. You know, there's no vaccine. Nobody knows if, nobody knows how bad flu season is going to be. Nobody knows if you get COVID once you can get it again. Obviously people have gotten it again, but they say you're supposed to be immune to it for three months. Okay. But there's no data. So that's just them trying to make us feel better, you know? Um, so if you don't have to take a risk, don't, if you want to take a risk, take the risk, follow the rules and don't blame anybody when you get sick or don't blame anybody. If you have a bad experience, you know, uh, Half the time, if you fly more than four times a year, you're bound to have at least one bad experience in that year. So don't think that that's not going to happen because if there's a pandemic going on. Like that, the likelihood of you having a bad experience if you're flying more than four times this year is still the same as it was last year and the year before and the year before that. Um, so I don't know. Some people, like I said, this wasn't hardly anybody that we saw. I think I heard maybe two people say that the whole between both airports or between all three airports and, and um, both legs of the trip. So, but yeah, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't terrible. I am more paranoid now about flying. I'm not anxious to fly anywhere. I don't have any plans to fly anywhere anytime soon, but uh, 
if I win the lottery, I'll buy myself a private jet. And then I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> It'll be great. Um, one thing that, uh, and that, of course, they don't do this for, for passengers, but I did see for, I don't know if it was an employee lounge. I don't know if it was a lounge or office or whatever, but um, employees at the, at the airports, uh, if they were checking in, like if, if, their, if they were coming in for the start of their shift, when they went into the manager's office or whatever, they had to get their temps taken. So I did see that. I think that's, that's good. I mean, that's what any good company should do to protect their workers is to take their temps, make sure they don't have any symptoms before they insist that they come to work and work all day around people and other people's things and stuff like that. So, um, not a whole lot of major changes that we haven't heard about already, but just to see them all in action, just to see how everything is now, that was interesting. It still feels like this will be over soon in my mind. And it's like, okay, well, soon could be a year from now. I don't mean soon as in tomorrow, but I'm just not, I just can't wrap my brain around like, this is how it is now. It's like, yeah, this is how it is now, but it won't be like this forever. Like it'll change soon. And I don't know. I think that's partly because we've had to go to work every day. And honestly, at the beginning of all this, we were working more hours because you people decided to panic buy all of the food. For what reason? I don't know. But please don't do that again. You, you, th The damage that panic buying does on every, every essential industry. Please don't do that. That is not, it's not recommended. It's not funny. It's not healthy. It, it just don't do it. You heard it here first. I make chicken. I work for a company that makes chicken. Don't panic buy if it's a pandemic. Don't do it. it relax. The grocery store is essential. The food manufacturer is essential. You're going to have food. Don't panic buy. But anyway, <laughs> Thanks for coming to my TED talk about panic buying and food. Um, <laughs> yeah, major changes with traveling. Nothing that we haven't heard already. You know, for some people, it, it hits home uh, a little bit different. For some people, it's not really affected them at all. For some people, even if it has affected them, still feels like it hasn't. So, you know, to each his own or her own or their own. Um Take precaution. If you have to drive, if you have to fly, just be safe about it. You know, um, here in the state of Texas, I'm pretty sure this is the whole state of Texas. Before companies were doing this, before anything nationally came out, you know, from the federal government, the state of Texas said, if you go out in public, you have to have a mask on, period. No business anywhere in the state of Texas will allow anybody to come inside if they're not wearing a mask or a facial covering, mask or facial covering. And Texas said business owners, companies, I don't care what your headquarters says over in California. If you have a store here in Texas, if people are coming in, they got to have a face covering or they can't come in. And if you break that, we're coming for you. So I appreciate Texas doing that. Um, and obviously companies and other state legislations have have enforced that which is good um 
But when it comes to traveling, airports, airplanes, not that different. There's just no snacks. You can bring your own snacks, but I don't like to. <laughs> I don't like the idea of, of I don't know. I The snacks I want to bring are, are less, they're not easy to eat. In a, in a small place like an airplane seat. <laughs> so I don't bring those snacks. Um, but yeah, that was the traveling experience. Uh, like I said, the trip was worth it. We had a great time. It's a once in a lifetime thing. Yes, it's just a semi-retirement, but it's a really big deal. It was a, it was and is a really big deal for my dad and for our family. Um, that was the first time that we had been back to Nashville and yeah, like three years. Um, so that was nice. Uh, so we enjoyed it. Will we be flying again anytime soon? Absolutely not. Will we be traveling anywhere anytime soon? Absolutely not. Uh, the next place I plan on traveling is the other side of the river for a camping trip. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that in the next episode, uh, which will also have a special guest for that episode as well. So that's it for now. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. If you want to leave a message, so you show your support, I'd really appreciate it. But the best way, the best way to support this podcast is to share it with your friends, share it with your family. Uh, and I'll see you guys in the next one. Toodles. <laughs>